podcast with Victor Pacheco. Hello and welcome to Poppycock Podcast with your host, Victor Pacheco. We got a really great show for y'all tonight. Uh, but before we do, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors at Long Beach Comedy at, at Harvell's every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Come through celebrity drop-ins and award-winning dancers. So burlesque comedy is going to be legit. Come through. Um, at any rate, uh, we have a really special guest today. Uh, a mentor of mine, a really great friend of mine, a very funny comedian, uh, and a very great host, which is one of the best in the world, if, if like that I've ever seen. I want to give it up real big for my man, Mr. Tony Sparks. The Thank God, you. Thank the you. godfather of Bay Area comedy. Yes. That is legitimate moniker that yeah. I did not make up on the spot that is something that is uh T tony's a beloved person in the bay area and i want to know the origins to the <laughs> the godfather of bay area comedy like do you do you remember the origins or who gave you that title because like I, um, I you know what not not exactly it started out uh i was the Don King of the open mic. I was <laughs> at one point. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. At one, yes. The at one point, I was the monopoly for the open mics because I they uh the main uh people who were out here doing their thing, I was not included in their thing. And uh they quickly fell off and my things start to grow. And so I had a mic every night of the week, except for Sunday because I didn't want to compete with the punchline. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so uh, my name was, this is kind of pre-internet. Uh, so uh, my name was constantly in the paper every day associated with comedy. And so, uh, you know, it, it and because I was the monopoly, you know, people were like, oh, this cat is the godfather. He's taking over, you know. And I used to, you know how they have a Bay Area Comedy Network on Facebook yeah. where they tell you all the places to go? Well, I used to talk with people and I used to print a monthly list of all the places to go. And then I also printed a... Uh, a little booklet along with that that um, that had like other things pertaining to comedy. So, I mean, an another thing though too though, people need to understand this. Like Tony would give raw feedback to brand new open micers, including myself, like many years ago, and it was it's just beautiful, man. Like some of the things that you some of the things that you've said. To me, I've seen you really like rip into like wannabe, like like I'm taking this opportunity to be racist or sexist or misogynistic. Like, you know what? Like you really like just like just pounded them. Like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Come back here when you want to do some comedy. Not some fucking hate speech. You fucking. Oh, man, I've, I've seen it. It's it's really hilarious. Like, and I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, he's serious, too. And that's why it's but, that's why I'm dying. And everyone's laughing their ass off because it's just like, I mean, you know, especially with hate, you call out hate. And, you know, yes. it's just, there's so many hateful people out there. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make you out of be like the angry. Oh, black no, no, guy. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. For the viewers at home, because, um, you know, it's just um, 
Tony's very respectful of stand up. And so I want to know um, what what do you think a comedian should be doing in order to honor stand up if they will really want to be a stand up comedian? Well, here's the thing. Uh, and it happens all the time. I, I saw this lady like a week ago and she was just on stage talking. And then there's another lady um, I saw like months ago and she's asking me, oh, how do I get paid? But she has no concept of how to actually create a joke. I mean, uh, 25 words or less to the laugh and actually go somewhere with what you're saying. Actually try to be, try to make something, try to make a point. See, here's the thing, people think, Anyway, people people nowadays think that all you got to do is get up and talk. They don't know that there's a structure. There's <laughs> a there's a something behind everything that you do that makes it what it is. And they don't qu- they don't quite get that. They think, oh, I'm watching somebody and they just talk, and so I can get up there and just talk. No, that's not it. So if you're a brand new comic and you want to do this. First of all, I'm going to say, don't. All right. Second, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because this is a shit profession. Second, because people don't think it's bullshit. And so you get no respect, but it's one of the hardest professions you could do. The other thing is, if you are going to do it, please, why don't you read a book that tells you how to write a joke, how to actually write? Uh, set up punchline joke, how to not only write a joke, uh, maybe deliver a joke, not an essay on, oh, this is my life in comedy. No, that's bullshit. This is what happens. No, read a book on how to actually write a joke, learn the structure, and then do whatever you want. But first, learn the structure. If you're a piano player, you learn to play the piano. If you're a guitar player, you learn to play the guitar. If you're dr- even a drummer, you learn to play the drums, all right? Yeah. It's really rare that you have an ear and just can just do it, all right? I, uh, and a lot of people think they can, and they can't. Uh, so please learn first, <laughs> learn the basics, and then do what you want. But here's the thing, though, like like most comics, they don't fucking read like they don't read at all. And so, like, I, I've read a bunch of autobiographies of stand up comedians and like everything that they've been through before I did stand up, you know, so those are, you know, kind of kind of like lessons that you that you learn and like not like how to, but just, you know, the, the stuff that comedians go through. And it was like Artie Lang and Rodney Dangerfield. So it's just like those like what bigger personalities than those two like reading but like i don't know it's just like i feel like everybody like when they start stand up they want to be a version of their hero or a variation of their hero and so it's like they want to copy that that type of tempo or like that type of uh well a shock value or, or value system if there is no shock value well here's the deal I mean, that in itself is not so bad because when you, uh, there's a technique for writing that takes, like, it's like writing for your favorite comic. Uh, 
the only problem, the, the deal is this, is that, uh, okay, a lot of comics have the same um, persona, the same kind of thing. Like, they might be a ranter. Like, Doug Stanhope and both Lewis Black are ranters, but they sound very different, okay? Right. Uh, so it's important to understand, yeah, sure, do your thing, you know, kind of maybe even follow your person, but keep in mind that you don't want, that you want to take the essence, but not the actual delivery, not like, like mimicry. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But also like being yourself, having your own voice and, you know, going out there and like, I, I, I don't know, like I've seen some straight up people down. I mean, I'm in SoCal now. And one night I heard on the same showcase that I was on as a Latino showcase. And uh, I heard George Lopez. I heard Carlos Mencia and I heard Gabriel Iglesias and none of them were on the show. I just meant like, oh, wow. like I just heard their voices from like a comedian. I'm just like, this is well, you know, one of the things I'm finding is that people uh, we OK, since maybe the 80s, there's been sampling of music and uh, people <laughs> in a lot of I know a dude who made a lot of money taking already like prints, photographs, uh, uh, paintings, and he would draw over them and then sell them as his own art. All right. Uh, same with like comedy. Uh, I'm running into a lot of people that are getting on stage and doing other people's material. And I'm like, you can't do that. You know, you can't do that. But more so what I'm running into are people that are really stupid and they just get up and talk like, and then I went and bought some chicken, you know, shit like that. Like, so, <laughs> oh, dang it. Wait, are they trying to tell a story or are they just venting? Or like what's the deal? What do you mean by just I, talking? I have no I have no idea, but it's really kind of sad. Okay, so then that just sounds like they're just venting with no punch. Yeah, it sounds like they really need somebody to talk to and they need a motherfucking hug. Oh, I'm sorry, a hug. Uh, <laughs> no. No, no, that's cool. No, no, we're 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 unfiltered and we're uncensored. We've only blur, blur out names when people slip and say fucked up shit. And like, hey, can you blur that part? And I'm like, yeah, I'll tell my producer. But yeah, that is just, <laughs> it's just really kind of sad, dude. You know, and they really think they're doing it, and you can't talk to them. You can't say, hey, listen, don't, 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 uh, just get up there and talk. You know, have a point, a direction. You know, oh, I have a direct. I no, no. You were just up there talking, and it was really sad. You know, and they and, and oh, and here's another thing too. Sometimes they get mad because the audience is not laughing at what they're just talking about. <laughs> then you have people who who bomb completely and never acknowledge the bomb. Here's the thing. When you have a day job, not every day is good, okay? So the same exists in comedy. Not every <laughs> show is going to be your best show. 
Not right. every show are you going to get the laughs or the audience is going to like you. You've got to remember that. And you're a human being. And it's okay for it not to work that day. But these motherfuckers get off and they're like, I I killed them, you know. And you you heard crickets. It's sad. Yeah, no, I've seen it. And then like I've seen people post and like they're like, I killed it. And I was just like, Yeah, the ambiance in the room. You did not kill it. Like in the sense of like I've, you know, mastered this crowd and tamed it and just whooped it into shape and made them laugh so hard. I'm just like Ooh. What did you do a different show than the, the show we just did right now? But I don't know. It's just I don't know. I mean, for some people, just like like being brave enough to go on stage. That's what they accomplished. That was the kill, you know, and exactly. it's just like it's like it's like stop patting yourself on the back and, and t tell some fucking jokes or I, I don't know, man. Like, it's just like people are like I want to I want to be a storyteller on stage. I'm like, you can, but you have to add punchlines. Okay, here's the deal. I'm glad you said that. All right. First of all, a lot of people get up and say, I'm not a comedian. I'm a storyteller. Well, why don't you just say, I'm going to fail? All right. That's how that works. Okay. Well, I, I, wait a minute. Wait, yeah, no, no, I didn't get to you what I mean. I'm explaining to you what I mean. Uh, here's the thing that people never understand as a storyteller. Okay. Uh, listen, yeah, you can tell a story, but you have to understand your core personality. Am I an anxious person? Am I an angry person? Am I a scared person? All right. Am I a happy person? So here's the deal. Uh, within a story, every 25 words or less, you got to have something funny and it has to come from that personality all right uh if you see any successful storyteller the thing behind what that person that he or she is doing is the fact that they understand their on-stage character their personality and that's why the story is working okay a lot of people get up and just tell a story and they've done it to their friends well your friends know you so it works with them. <laughs> You're working for an audience that needs to know who you are like that off top. So your personality, your core personality, whether you're an angry person, happy, anxious, has to shine through already. So you need to understand that. And every sentence has to fall into that particular character and personality that's why stories work does that make sense yeah absolutely i think I, I definitely believe that and i've and i've seen it like i've seen stories work and it's like stories are a part i, I think stand stand-up comedy is storytelling it's reporting it's journalism it's it's psychology it's it's it's, it's a lot of shit it's it really is it's therapy for not just the exactly. audience, I mean, for the comedian on stage, it's like, you know, there's a lot of hats held as a comedian. And it's like really crazy because, uh, you know, I don't know if people are better at it than others. And it's just like Tony is very gifted at riffing on the spot and also hosting. Um, I would say that Tony is one of the best hosts I've ever seen um in my life and i'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast i'm just saying that like honestly i've never seen 
like somebody just light up a room from the beginning and make the comedians sound like a million dollars, even if they're pieces of shit in real life. And so, <laughs> and so like that, that's like one of those things where I'm just like, how, I don't know, like what, what, what does it take to be a great host? Because you're a great host, not a good host. Thank you're you. a great host. And like, like you're all, oh, you're reliable. And it's just like, it's, it's like old faithful. It's like, I swear to God, like the only time I, I've ever seen you have not a good set as a host, I've seen you have to just whoop that ass and just get, get that audience. Then they were in shape, like, you know, but they never beat you. There was just like, they just didn't care oh, for yeah. like two minutes. And it's just like, yeah. you're, like you're like, no, 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 no. It's, it's comedy show time. So um, I'm sorry, my bad. Going back to my question. What does it take to be a great comedy host? All right. Here's the thing. Uh, I think that it's very important that you understand it's the importance of what you do at the time you're hosting is the sh overall show. Forget who your your ego and who you are. All right. It's about making the show work. All right. So you uh, uh, it's more about raising the audience up make getting them really ready for the show in whatever way you can to do that and not about your material it's it's definitely using your comic character but not about your material also uh you've got to be in the moment and a lot of people aren't in the moment and that's why they fail as a host or they just don't care so I've, I've noticed some people will get up and they'll just introduce the next person and never make a comment on what they just saw, their impression, or never bring like a personal touch to their introduction. You know, those things make a big, huge difference. And it's all about the energy in the room. Like, let's say a comic does horrible. Well, you need to make sure you... you fucking do something after to kind of lift it up and it has to be connected to what that person said or did let's say a comic did amazingly well well you just go right into the next comic don't keep that energy up don't bring it down by trying to be funny or how funny that wonderful person that just got off it's about the overall show not about you as the host because if you make it about the show, then when people look back on it, they go like, wow, that host was really wonderful. He really knew what to do. But you got to stay in the moment. One of the things I think about hosting that I think is really great is that if you host, you find your voice. If you host you and you stay in the moment, you get funnier. And and that is really, really very helpful. So, yeah, being in the moment and riffing and like, you know, having these interactions like with, with people. And it's just like you just have this natural ability to just turn the room around. And so it's just it's, it's just amazing because I've seen people try to try to steal that technique from you at other shows uh, of all different races. 
And um, I'm just like, yeah, good, nice, nice Tony Sparks. That's a real, <laughs> real, real good impression. Like this is like well, not. Well, I've seen it a few times. Like, I've seen it a few times actually. Um, yeah, but, but, but pre-pandemic, of course. But I mean, I'm just like, that's Tony Sparks right there. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> like, like, but um, but no, dude. Like, I I really have been impressed with uh, the way. And also, I just want to uh, talk about one of the it's a bittersweet thing to talk about, but I feel it needs to talk about. But uh, I want to talk about the brainwash because the brainwash Uh, was where I really got to meet you. I mean, like, like get to know, you know, you and just like it it was just like it, it really went from waiting four hours just to get your name on the piece of paper to walking in hey you want some food or alcoholic beverages and i'm like what the fuck how did, how did, how did this happen like it was just like but i figured out that crowd i figured out a lot of things about stand-up through the brainwash the brainwash right. i learned that you absolutely cannot give a fuck what the audience thinks no. you have to like you really like i mean i hate to sound like this but you have to be selfish in the sense that you know this is going to be hilarious and you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your material. You have to like, I mean, like the pros, they don't go to open mics. I mean, no, I mean, that's not true. But I mean, there's there's a lot of pros that can't go to open mic because they're, they're too big. And so like they have to have, you know, places to try out the new jokes or where else in front of their fan base. You know what I mean? So like even if they pull out a piece of paper or they pull out their cell phone, like, you know, the fans are like, yeah, we want to hear new jokes. You know what I mean? Like they they've heard all exactly. the albums and whatnot, and so I don't know. It's just like uh, I, I really think that the the brainwash was uh, one of the most awesome places, and I was wondering if you had have any um, stories that that stand out to you about the brainwash, like that whether warm or. Not so warm, but uh, yeah, man, I've I've seen you had to have to kick a few motherfuckers out though, uh, because out yeah. of res- out of respect to stand up comedy and the venue, yes, and just yes. everything in, in the audience and just in in general, you know, because you're a man of principle and brainwash was mecca and brainwash is oh man that I cried over brainwash like somebody fucking died. Like it was horrible. Like it was you horrible. and me both. Dude, it was horrible. Like and brainwash was a cafe slash laundromat and people don't believe that people would come with the whole family and do laundry and get food at the brainwash and then come and sit down and then a comedy show would be happening with a well actually an open mic show would be happening and that's no holds bar anybody could go up and say what whatever they want whatever Oh my God! In front of families, in front of like five year olds, in front of eight year olds, and it 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 just did not stop certain comics from saying very devastating, belligerent, sexist, misogynistic. I I don't even know. I over sexual. Like, dude, you can't talk in front of kids like that. Like, you're you're an idiot. Like, you know, yeah. I I don't know. I I heard this story about how there was a family in the front row at the brainwash um and like a a father a wife and two kids and um this guy's like yeah so um i noticed there's kids here and the only joke i have is about a 
having sex with a dead hooker. And the story goes, and Tony Sparks screams, talk about anything else. (laughs) And the guy guy proceeds to say, I'm sorry, that's all I got. And just, boom, just does his dead hooker joke in front of the family and just scares them away. And so I'm just like, I believe it. Like, I really, I, I honest to God, believe it. I've seen similar stuff happen at the brainwash where I'm just all like, oh, cool. Can I go up? Yeah, we got you going third. That's a good spot. I'm like, that is a good spot. That's a great spot. Oh, yeah. And then comic one and comic two walk every civilian in there. So it's just <laughs> comics, open micers, hang arounds. Like, it's just, it was a lot of. Oh my! I mean, the brainwash was great. I remember this one guy. I, I called him out for being on LSD, and he gave me twenty dollars. And I was like, "Man, I don't got to suck your dick." That's right? right. Oh my god, it was it was crazy. I, like I was like a mystic and shit. Like I was like, "Damn, this fucking homeless looking dude has way more money on him than I do." Oh, that was beautiful. I remember that. Dude, I he, remember that, dude. It was phenomenal. Wow. Like, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe it, man. And oh man, I even got into it one time with a. With the uh, the waitress there, the tall one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! And you you know what? That waitress that you got into it with, it turns out that she was stealing money from the business, and it that was part of the the business ending. She stole money wow. for like a year. Yeah, and she tried to blame that shit that on me. And uh, Anthony Medina, who, you know, was working with me. There. There's no way you guys um, were the shit where you guys ate like that. There's no right. Way. But There's she no was stealing. Way. She was stealing loads of money, giving a, away. There was remember, there was always during that time, there was always these creepy people who would show up <laughs> and they would be eating. And we had a lower attendance during that time because they were just talking non-stop all over what we were doing well they didn't have any respect for what we're doing they were stealing money they were giving away food to their friends and so when he fired her or them boom everything went back up like you know there was you know because it started on the thursday on uh in 99 on um on uh april fool's day Thursdays were always packed. So it didn't matter what they were doing. They could not stop the power of the Thursdays. But the other nights, the, uh, they were really hurting our business. And uh, But the one thing that made this whole thing work overall is that uh, I don't know whether it was Anthony. I don't know whether it was the owner, Jeff, but they decided to put in cameras and to film the show every day. Well, the show was going out over the internet and everyone was seeing it. And the show was getting bigger and bigger, even though it it, it seemed like just a small little microcosm, but the world was getting to see what was going on. And in fact, Japan even developed some facial recognition software based on the stuff they were getting off of the camera imagine how much shitty comedy those developers went through with those facial recognitions like this is what an angry person looks like this is what a this this is what a happy person looks like 
That's funny. You know, I have a whole box because there was a guy, there's a guy, Quinlan, who was yes. filming the show, right? Yeah. So I have a whole box, like a box, like a, like a letter box, you know, the box you, you get at, at a, a job site. Um, yeah. So I have a whole box of DVDs that are horribly filmed, but they're all brainwashed stuff from like maybe 2005 or 2010 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, up if, until the end. If Quinlan liked you, he'd give you a tie-dye shirt and some really horrible weed. Exactly. And, 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 and he was a he was a sweetheart, but I'm just like, I don't I don't know what to do with his weed. Like I really don't. Like yeah. I can't I, I, I can't smoke this shit. I never told him I never had the heart. So Quinlan, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry. Uh, but, but I but I did well, appreciate that, you know. The, 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 well, he he would give me uh, weed, and I really can't smoke. Mm. I can't do anything. I can't drink, smoke, nothing. So I would always give it to somebody else, and they would never complain. It was free weed, so they didn't give a shit. Well, yeah, no, that's how most people see it. But I'm just like, uh, I can't smoke that weed. My lungs are too fucked up to be smoking horrible weed like that. Yeah. So, and then also the two, like, I don't want to make edibles out of that. I don't. I'm not really too sure about that. That I'm not. I'm not really too sure if I should give it to any of my friends. So that's funny. I'm just gonna just tell him no because I told him I was like no 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 more weed man. I have a I, I like I grow my own which is a lie. I don't I don't know how to grow weed, but um you know I just told him I grow my own so it's okay. Don't worry about it, man. So, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't give me any more weed, but, you know, he's giving me those tie dye shirts with the bleach and all that shit. So yeah. I think he likes me, but I don't know. It's been a while. Well, like it, it was crazy, man. The the whole, the whole brainwash. I don't know. I remember it, it was seven it's a wonderful experience. Uh, so here's the deal. The guy started the show. He, he, came, he had somebody, he had one. So uh, brainwash used to have a night for everything. music, poetry, uh, you name it. They had a night for it. They didn't have a comedy night. So Jeff had the music guy come over and come and get me. And he talked to me and said, listen, I want to do the show New Year's Eve. Uh, I mean, I mean, April Fool's Day. And I want to, uh, uh, I just as a fluke, maybe it'd be, hopefully it'd be funny, whatever. And uh, let's just do the show. Well, the show was popular immediately it packed out and that's why people were hiring me because i would i would take a room and that, that didn't have anybody let's say on a wednesday and then all of a sudden your wednesdays are packed and so that's why i was the monopoly at the time so he got me the show got packed and it got pop more popular than any of the shows i've ever done okay damn uh and uh, and and so, I mean, man. So a lot of people that were starting in comedy came, and there's a lot of people that are pretty famous right now that have said to me, "Oh, Brainwash was my first show," or "I came to the Brainwash and did this and got this." Because we used to, we used to, there used to be people from like all of the television stations at the time, like Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS, uh, 
they would all come and look for people for different things, uh, movies, voiceover work, everything. And they'd tell me, hey, we're looking for black women. So I would carve out a, a section on the list and I would invite every black woman that I knew that did comedy to perform at that time. I say, you gotta be here at this time because that's when they're looking at people if you wanna try out for this thing. Uh, I remember this uh, uh, gay guy was filming this movie and he wanted to, he said, I'm looking for a, a black guy, you know? And I said, okay. And he said, my script, it's very different. It's gonna be something different. Uh, okay, one of the things that happens if you're a black comic, they wanna put your ass in a dress. All right. I don't know why. How, I've heard. What. I've heard. I've heard. Yes. So his script, what did it have? It had the motherfucker putting on a maid outfit. And he was saying, oh, it's, it's so different. No, it's, that ain't different. And then I had to. So I, everybody who auditioned, they auditioned. And I said, listen, I, I emailed everyone and said, hey, it's. The script involves you put being in a maid outfit, and I don't know if anybody took the job or whatever. But I mean, some people have come back to me and they go like, "Oh, like different other jobs, like oh, I got this uh, voiceover job, and I got an award for my work on this voiceover for a video game." Uh, just a lot of things have happened. You know, like we got Shang Wang, we got Ali Wong, we got Brent Weinbach, we've got, uh, man, we got Mo Mandel, we've got Louis Katz, we got a bunch of people who Rob Williams. Oh, huh? sorry, about sorry. No, I was like, I was thinking, I wonder, I wonder if Robert Williams ever came down to the brainwash. No, right? Well, I'm glad you said that. He did come around 2002 but he came with his son and he came and that was when there were other nights uh because jeff ended up firing everybody eventually oh whether it was God. music poetry whatever <laughs> he eventually fired everybody because i was doing so well and they weren't making any money the other nights oh my goodness so brain the comedy was the only thing that was making money so that's why they went full-time comedy Anyway, uh, so he came down, Robin Williams, with his son uh, on music night, open mic music night, and uh, his son got up and played a song on the guitar. Uh, and so uh, then he then was on Charlie Rose saying, oh, I'm going to go to the brainwash and rehearse some of my stuff for my show that I'm doing on Broadway. Well, he never showed up, but uh, people really started flooding the place even more so then, right? And they were like older people and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and I didn't want to lie to them and say, oh, Robert Williams ain't coming. Cause I asked them like three times to, act to actually come. Yeah. And he, the first time he said, maybe, 
Second time he he was like, I don't know. And then the third, he just said, no, I can't do it. Uh, so uh. he never showed up. And and I even introduced uh, the owner, Jeff, to Robin Williams in hopes that he he would make a deal with Robin Williams. He would come. Uh, on Love showed up. And... Um, uh, Hannibal Burris showed up. Uh, Paul Mooney showed up. But oh my God, are, that's yeah, awesome! Yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that—that's about it. No, um, I—I couldn't get any white celebrities to show up. <laughs> you know what? I just hate the way you put that because you know I, I feel like. Lately, it's just like everybody's, you know, I don't know, like non-ethnic comics. Like, like you know, I, I wouldn't consider you an urban comic, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like some people would because it's just like you do a lot of crowd work and it's just like, oh, that's, you know, urban comic territory. I mean, I've never seen you, you know, fuck a stool or anything, so I've never considered you an urban comic. <laughs> And so I, I, I swear to God, you know, like, so, I mean, I, that's how I, that's where I draw the line. I'm just like, fuck, like, you know, because like, I'm like, Hey, I, <laughs> it's just like, um, I don't know. Some places, like when I first started out, I was just, you know, going to Dorsey's locker and like doing these, like, oh yeah, like really like all extra black rooms. Like, you know, just to like, dude, I would take like three buses to get there, man. I would take the train, oh, the BART, and then, the, and then, then the bus, to get there, to wait hours to go up to do four minutes and then die, like I would just. It's die. funny. I used to, I did that room once. Dorsey's locker was like yeah the black room, and they even sold soul food. I didn't I I, I didn't know that until made by Mexicans. But, made by Mexicans. Maybe depend. I don't know which uh, exactly. you were, but, hey, but the, brother. <laughs> brother everything's made by mexicans all right <laughs> go to benihana trust me <laughs> exactly everything's made by but but that room do was one of the roughest rooms ever to work it's funny you should mention that because now i have a room on wednesdays uh at a place called the uh, at a place called the ave bar a v e the like avenue short for avenue uh, and it's on 1607 Ocean Avenue here in San Francisco. Now, it is when you come in and you hear them playing the music, even though the music is being chosen by this uh, this white lady who's the bartender for the night. Uh, it is super black music. You say, I, I don't I would never hear this in a white room. And the room is really <laughs> black you have to really capture the audience's attention uh, for them not to talk while you're on stage. You Dude. know, they don't give a shit. And you got to work hard. The whole, like every joke, you, your whole career uh, in the room relies on every single joke that comes out of your face. You know what I mean? And these, oh my God, these people are oh. really really hard you are acting like i've never done shugs like shugs <laughs> in daily city 
Like that, that is exactly what you just described right there. Yeah. Like it's it, just... hey, <laughs> it was it's even worse than Shugs and Daily City. It cannot dude. be worse than Shugs and Daily City. Oh no. It I is. mean for, for a comedy show, Shugs as a kickback, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to get my ass beat by somebody. Like, hey, that's our fucking spot. You know, no, but but the truth Shugs is, is just... closed, brother. Don't worry. Oh, okay, then yeah, fuck Shugs. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, li- <laughs> I like Shugs. I like Shugs because like I, I one of the first times like I actually killed it like was there, and like it was like one of those nights where it was like all Bay Area hitters, and it was just like like hell of people died. Hell of oh, people yeah. died. It was it was like. But was... You, one of the things you gotta understand, dude, uh, and it's not because I'm on your show. You are really an amazing talent. You. You are definitely one of my favorite comics, dude. You're one of my favorite people, actually. But, dude, you really, really bring a lot to the table, all right? It, it would behoove anyone to hire you, whether they're featuring you or headlining you. You are really worth every penny that they would pay to get you there, all right? So, like, you can stand toe-to-toe with any of these rough rooms or whatever, it doesn't matter. You yeah. know what? It doesn't matter because you got skill and you're very hilarious, dude. Oh, thanks, you, man. I, I, yeah, it's the true shit. I fucking love. Have you? It, whenever I got something, I'm, dude. My door is always open to you. No, oh, thanks, brother. I really appreciate that. And it was good seeing you at Max the other night. And it was just like. Well, it was surreal because I was just like, fuck, this is like old times, except in different venues. And it's just yes. like, I'm like, shit, I got to the show way early. Like, you know what I mean? I think the flyer said eight, but the show didn't start till nine. I think the doors <laughs> opened at eight and the show started at nine. My dumbass got there at 730. Like, you know, thinking like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to be there by eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The show yeah we usually we usually start there. It start, it's supposed to start at eight. We usually end up starting at eight twenty. I try to always start like right then because people show up to the show really late. If you oh, notice, yeah. by the time you got on stage, there was a lot more people there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember that. It was great. It was it was actually a really fun room and really fun time. And the owner was awesome. And you know, it was just like a really good mood and just like I I, I really I don't know. And also, also though, too, though, man, like not to kiss your ass, but I mean, it was just like, you know, a lot of it started with uh, hosting. A lot of it started with from the beginning, the way you set up the show, the way, you know, everything's oh, coordinated. You. And it's a real show, you know, where there's a DJ. We got yes. everything, we have everything coordinated with, you know, it's just really timed well. And it's just like the. the and, the, and let me ask you, did 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 uh, he the owner order pizza for us? Yes. Yeah, so the owner Good. did order pizza for us. I don't know if there was times where that did not happen, but like that, that owner or I don't know who ordered the pizza. Somebody ordered the pizzas. It must have been the owner. The owner did. Well, he was super cool for that. He didn't have to do that. But that was beyond super cool. Because uh, those were tasty pizzas. They were like artisan pizzas. I'm just like, this is fancy pizza. I wonder if, there I don't know. I, I don't know. If, I, he's, I don't know. He's probably some major mafia kingpin who has all well, these like, dude, I got to tell you, he owns, he owns the whole town, dude. Almost every business there or a building, I guess, he owns it. He owns the pizza place. If he That's owns why. the pizza place, he could write it off. 
yeah as, as a donation or whatever for the comedy night it's just like yeah we're sponsoring the comedy night and i'm just like oh, saying nice. there's so many loopholes where you could just like totally get your money back if you say you spent it this way <laughs> like no no i'm serious like for reals like if, yes. I, if i if i was like you know like uh fully you know docking every single second it's like oh, oh cool every time i see tony i could go out to eat food with him and i could pay for it and then i'm like i'm just marking it off as a business expense exactly talking comedy the whole time but you know which if i was smart i'd figure out how to do that but um yeah what's it called i don't know like mo i don't think most people do that shit like you know what i mean like tabulate every single thing but then there's some people that fucking just do that like every single receipt you know, you got to be accountable for for every single cent that you make. And it's just like, damn. But um, what's it called? Yeah, man. Um, I just wanted to, uh, wanted to know if you had any advice for. OK, well, you've seen firsthand a lot of people with mental illness. I've seen you handle some of these people personally. Um, but um, how do you keep yourself like so peaceful and so, I don't know. I would I would use the word empowering because you are empowering oh, when it comes you. to um, motivating people to continue with stand up and to you know pursue it and you know to keep going and you know it's just how do you keep such a positive personality in 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 stand up when stand up is known to have so many people with mental illness and you know substance abuse problems and mm. you know other other problems from childhood okay well here we go uh look <laughs> when i first hit, when i first hit this town san francisco people were so fucked up to me in every way and every whether it was my day job, whether it was in comedy, whether it was just meeting people on the street, we were fucked up. And I never wanted to do the same thing that they were doing. So it, it was really important to me to come from a different direction. So I, I just decided, despite what, what I've been given from others, I'm not gonna be that person, all right? So, and, and here's the other thing, uh, who am I to kill somebody's dream? Let's say your, your, you know, your dream is to be an astronaut or a great drummer. Hey, do that. All right. Do that. I'm behind you 100%. Uh, because, uh, who knows? You never know who's going to do their thing. One of the things that I don't think people ever think about, and but you kind of mentioned, is that business is a bigger word than show, all right? And it's really important to understand the business of stand-up, you know, like writing, like you said, writing things off or, or, or understanding how to, how to sell yourself uh, and gain an audience, you know, right. and what to do how to invest your money. All that stuff is very important, all right? Here's the thing that really kind of boggles my mind. There are people that are, like I said, just getting up and talking right now, 
or they only have like two, three minutes of words that flow out of their mouth, but they want to be paid. And like, you got to have a lot more than that to get some money. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, um, or at least be likable. Um, but um, no, because I've seen some horrible comics that keep getting rebooked and rebooked and rebooked and rebooked oh and God. rebooked. And I'm just like, how? How? Like, you well, know, like, see, seriously. the people that you, how? okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. No matter what you do, where, and it may be something that you don't even like at all, but no matter what you do, there's an audience for everybody out there. All right. There's an audience. For every, I remember a guy who used to fart into a microphone. All right. He had an audience. All right. So there's an audience for everything you do, number one. Number two, uh, comedy is relative. Something that you don't think is funny at all, there's somebody out there who just loves what that uh, that person is doing. So remember, it doesn't matter. Somebody is in love with what someone is doing and that's why they're probably getting rebooked and also uh they might understand business they might understand just how to say something to somebody to get that gig that's true too i never thought of it like that because yeah sometimes it isn't even what you ask is what you ask for and you know and the way you ask for it you know the way you ask for it yes it's not what you say it's remember that old saying it's not what you say it's how you say it yeah that's totally applicable. I mean, but I mean, that's, you know, the beauty of stand up, man. It's how you say it, you know, because you could fumble one of your own punchlines or fumble one of your own setups to your punchlines and put your punchline in your setup. And it's just like, oh, fuck, I said that backwards. But like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I've, I've had that happen but, to me before. But I want you to under, I want you to understand how uh, even more so this the business went. When you notice a lot now, a lot of people from the internet are becoming very famous. Yeah. Uh, and they get on stage and they're horrible because it's two different formats. But the bottom line is this those people on the internet are gaining this huge worldwide audience. And right. that's why they're getting snatched and saying, hey, Come and do this comedy. I remember there's this one girl. She posts all the time. And it's all about weed and smoking weed and and uh, commentary videos. And uh, this uh, promoter asked her to host a show. And she was completely terrified of being on stage. So she couldn't do anything. Even though her videos are really funny and entertaining. Yeah, actually, on stage, she was <laughs> petrified. And I remember you mentioned the brainwash. Hey, I completely forgot. I remember this one time. Uh, recently, somebody told me that there was this little Asian kid who got on stage. Anyway, so I introduced him. I don't remember his name. I introduced him. He stands up there and he's holding the mic and he's just standing up there, not saying a thing. He is frozen like a deer in headlights with fear, just standing up there. And so I let the, I let him smolder for about a minute, right? And then my girlfriend at the time, she was like, get him off stage, you know? So I went, <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank you so much, you know? And uh, we got him off stage, but that shit 
I mean, it really blew my mind to see somebody because they say public speaking is like the number one fear, but it right. really blew my mind to see someone that afraid. One of the other things I see people do is they get really, really drunk. I mean, really, like not being able to stand up, mm -hmm. almost, almost throwing up drunk, and they want to go on stage and do comedy. And I think that is so, so painful and sad. It's, and they come to me, uh, and, and I go like, "No, you can't. You can't go on because you're 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 too messed up. You're too drunk." Oh I, I, can, I can do that. I, I can do it. Like, no, I know you probably always want to do this, but don't ever do it this way. Yeah, like sloppy drunk. That's yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I'm a big boy. The first time I did comedy, I was kind of buzzed. But like, I mean, I didn't. I mean, I had like 11 drinks. But I'm like, at the Ooh, time, I was like shit. 300. I was like 350 pounds. You know what I mean? Like it was like 11 drinks is like you know like for a regular person that's like five. You know, wow, like so. Amazing. You know, so it's just like I. Uh, oh my god it was just like really rough i mean like but now like i don't i don't drink before i go on stage like if i'm gonna have a drink it's gonna be after because like drinking for me throws me off throws off my timing and also makes me more sweaty i'm already sweating on stage i don't need to sweat anymore with a with a friggin well, well alcohol. i gotta be honest with you i'm one of those people that if i were to get a little lit just a little lit I'm gonna I'm gonna soar and I'm gonna say things that I normally wouldn't say. And I I'm going to be <laughs> super uncensored. And and people I usually gain a lot of fans when I have some juice in me. But I don't do that at all anymore ever. Oh my god. I drink. I don't even I because you remember I used to smoke cigarettes really heavy. Yeah. I don't I don't even I've for five years now. I haven't smoked any cigarettes. That's good. Congratulations, man. I remember. Yeah, yeah you used to smoke. Yeah, man. The hell of people used to smoke. I didn't. I'm, I never took tabs. I, I remember. I'm just like fuck. I don't know who smokes, who doesn't smoke. I'm just. I, I felt like everybody smoked cigarettes except me. I didn't smoke cigarettes. You know. I mean, yeah. at least not made out of tobacco. Nah. Man, smoke, See, man. I don't even I don't even smoke weed. I don't even I can't even do that. I don't do anything. All I do is uh maybe drink coffee. You know? That's what's, about it. what's surprising is that coffee actually does have a stimulant effect on me. It makes me feel a little wired. It makes me feel like if you drink enough coffee, it makes you feel like you had like a, a point one of coke. Like, oh. like it feels like 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 it like it feels like you're in this euphoric high of like I could accomplish anything because I'm so focused right now, and that's how you feel when you're on coke. Sometimes you're like I could accomplish anything if I put my oh, mind man. on it, and it's so it's so stupid because like you know I, I've had some of my healthiest thoughts when I'm on coke. I'm like, you know what? I should just go on a, on a on a mile walk right now. And I look at my <laughs> look. I look at my clock. It's four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you are way too fat and way too Mexican to not be stu stumbling all over the place. And then have that to like. Funny. Then I'll get I'll get I'll, I'll get pulled over by the cops. You know, for for just you know, I don't know. Like I've literally had people. I'm walking my dog, 
and I have a little chihuahua and I'm a fat guy. Right. So it's just like I've had people like like, you know, clutch their purses while they're walking past me and my dog. Oh, and I'm wow. like, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, do you think I'm casing the neighborhood or something like I'm like literally walking for exercise right now? The fact that this dog's letting me walk her this far without her stopping and being like, nah, pick me up. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know, man. Like, I I, I lived in Oakland, so nobody really messed with me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like people are racist, but I mean, like, I don't know. I, like, I definitely can vouch that, the like, people were definitely more racist towards black people than Mexicans in, in Oakland. Yeah. It was horrible. But it's, but it's the truth. I ain't going to lie to you. Right. Exactly. I mean, I mean like, you know, the, the but, but down here, Dude, they're dogs, man. Like, like I'm a fat Mexican dude in a Prius, so it looks it looks stolen. <laughs> so it's just like I, I like I got stopped by the CHP and it was just really bad, man. Uh, like it was horrible because like he's like, How much have you had to drink tonight? I'm like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, you know, I I I had a white claw four hours ago, so I'm actually surprised you could smell the alcohol and not all the cum from me and my bros blowing each other. <laughs> and him and his partner just started laughing their asses off and then i was just like here's my proof of insurance and my my id and they're like okay we'll be right back and then boom they I, seriously the fastest i've ever seen anybody run my plates and run run my license they came back within like 90 seconds they're like wow. sir we're happy the car is not stolen we want you to have a good night and watch your speed and I was just like, wow, I can't believe I got away with it because like they, they really made me take a, a sobriety test because I because the car smelled like alcohol. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. Uh, I, was, yes. I was allegedly going 95 miles per hour. Allegedly. Yeah. And, and so it was just like what makes I was like and I was like, you know, I, I told him straight up. I was like, sir, I just want to stay for the record that I was not swerving and that I was driving safe given given the weather conditions. Right. So, and he's like, sir, you were driving at a very unsafe speed. And I was like, well, well what makes you say that? He's like, sir, we were going 85 to 90 miles per hour and you just flew past us. So you must have been going at least 95. There is no way you weren't going 95. Wow. And then, and then part of me was just like, bitch like you know like i'll take your ass to court like you know what i mean like you're gonna have to right. like, prove it like no you're gonna have to admit you were driving 85 to 90 like no that's not gonna happen any rate no no they were cool though they were okay. i was it was like the first time i've ever like but but also fat mexican dude in prius not stolen you know and i'm flying at 95 miles per hour what are they gonna think man they're gonna think that like i i stole that car it looks like I stole that car. It doesn't look like I own a Prius. It doesn't look like I own that car, you know. So it just it just looks like you know <laughs> I stole it. But um, it's it's crazy though, man. I don't know. Like I, I but no, I I definitely got pulled over for speeding, not for being Mexican. But you know, I like yeah. to, I, I like to throw that in, you know, just to add a little juice. But you know, I I don't know. I think it's um. I think it's a messed up system that like is going on with like with um, I don't know. What do you think about the state of comedy right now? Post pandemic. I mean, it's still technically like, you know, there's still sanctions and all, you know, that certain places. Have well, I got to be honest with you. I am just I personally 
uh, yeah, I'm an old man, so I'm just happy to be alive, and I'm just taking every day at a time. And I think, and I'm having a great time doing comedy every night. Uh, I uh, I'm probably gonna do bigger shows soon if I keep breathing, but uh, I'm just happy to be doing comedy, and it's going there's it's going to change. And there's nothing that we can do to stop that change. There's nothing we can do to stop. And there's always going to be really horrible comics. But the beauty... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the Absolutely. beauty of the horrible comics is, is, is that they help the ones that are pretty good move up and faster. All right? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that's how it is. Um, I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. Um, uh, one of the things you have to be very careful of, uh, here's the deal. Let's, it's casting. Let's say if somebody wants you, they want you, they don't want me. There's nothing that I can do to stop your success. Do you, uh, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Um, if, if, if you're going to win in this game, you're going to win. And no one's going to stop you. All right. So keep that in mind. Uh, so when you run into people who aren't working as hard as you, who aren't as smart as you to make things happen and things aren't quite happening for them, that's that's on them. That has nothing to do with you. And if they try to stop you, don't get upset with them. Don't be mad at them. Just avoid them okay? yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i don't know I've, i i give people the same energy that they give me but right like, but lately though i've been stepping away from that philosophy because it's just like sometimes people give me negative energy and it's just like you know what i'm not going to reciprocate that energy i'm just going to just don't. deflect it and just be like you know what if you really feel that negative well then feel that negative but i don't want to be around that because like I've already been through too much negative stuff to have, have other people be like, hey, and you know, you, and and you're doing this wrong and blah, blah, blah. But I swear to God, it is always plus size comedians that have the most funk with me. Pound for pound, they have the most oh, funk. Oh, for wow. me. Yeah, pun intended. But um, like the these fat guys, like with gout, like think i'm gonna step on their toes with like all these fat guy jokes or something or i don't know i swear to god man like like uh nick huffman one time organized like an all fat guy show but i think that was the only case of fat guys i've ever uh oh yeah oh greg greg azadorian told me there was a tour of fat guys called the the burger kings of comedy and so i'm just like these are the only like fat guy like I don't know combinations I've ever seen before, but like usually like fat comedians hate other fat comedians, man. It's it's really, really yeah, wow, man. yeah. But no, no. I've, well, I, I, here's I've, the deal. Here's the deal. A bit of advice, please. Whatever you you are far more skilled and talented than your average comic, so please really don't fall for people's bullshit. Because I'm gonna tell you something: the ugly shit you do to people. I don't know if this, you call it karma or whatever, but it boomerangs back on your ass. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So you really need to just let people 
be in their shitty world. If they're unhappy, go ahead. You want to be unhappy? Be unhappy. Don't put that on me. All right. I don't I don't get down like that. And right. so I suggest that you, my brother, you are really a great talent. Don't fall for these motherfuckers and don't fall for this book. I'm sorry I'm talking this one, but don't fall no, for that. You, no, it's it's real, man. It's from the heart. And you don't have to apologize for keeping it real, man. Like this yeah. isn't a clean podcast. I'm not all like Tony and my mother listens to this. I'm like, well, she needs to, <laughs> if she's listening, guess what? Mom, sorry. Well, fuck. You know what I mean? Like it's just there like I, I I I was I forgot I was my dad. I said some really inappropriate comment where she's like, "Hey, your mom's right there," and then my dad wasn't there, and then my mom said a really inappropriate comment. And I'm just all like, "Why did my dad stop me from saying what I said earlier?" Oh, like you know, like you know, it's just like what it's just like well, any rate. But um, my family's cool, but you know, it's just like I don't know. My parents are in their seventies now, so I'm just like. Okay. I'm just like, fuck, man. But like, you know, I'm just trying to go there as often as I can to the bay. And I love going to the bay and then like seeing you. And, you know, it was just, you know, it was surreal, man. Like, just like, it was just like, man, this is like back in the day, man. Like, this is, it's like brainwashed, but just at a different spot. It was. Yeah, like, that, that place is so fun. And it really kind of blows my mind because it's, it's in a super, a super Caucasian, super white area. <laughs> um, it, oh yeah, white, I'm gonna tell you how white it was. The first time I went, one of the first times I went, I went with a white comic that uh, who took me down there, and the police stopped him. He was driving. The police stopped him. <laughs> sorry i don't mean to laugh that's so fucked up I'm just, that's I'm, how white it is dude no is way white. they did not fucking stop him for you for for did he get a ticket they for... stopped him no they didn't get a ticket and here's the thing though they didn't fuck with him but this dude had drug weapons all kinds of things on his record and they still let him go holy shit yeah, damn. He's showing the fuck stopped him for turning, for turn, for saying that he turned the wrong way. Oh my god! Yeah, just saying that he turned the wrong way on the street, which he didn't because it was an open, it was a lane that went that way, and he had a choice to go one or two ways, and he chose to go to his left. And when he went to his left, they were came right behind him. That is so unfair. Uh, yeah, man, that sucks, man. I've been I've been pulled over for being Mexican on a Thursday night, and it's um it's a horrible thing because like yeah, and like in Livermore, you know, where it's like ultra. I don't know. Oh wow. Yeah, so it was just like on my way back from there, and it's just I didn't get a ticket, but I'm just like oh fuck, and I had just smoked a joint, and you know I had the munchies. I was gonna go to Jack in the Box and. You know what I mean? Just, you know, have one of those fat guy moments. You know, you're driving and you're eating at the same time. And just like, you know, you're by yourself. Well, uh, that's funny. Well, yeah. I'm about to get my license back uh, after all these years. Uh, and uh, oh, I'm that's sick. And I'm a terrible driver. Oh, don't so say I'm that. Sure. You live, oh, I am. You live up a hill, too. So that's that's kind of terrible driver. That's a scary, scary and thing. So they are definitely going to be stopping and pulling me over. And I'm just got to say, <laughs> hey, I, I'm 
terrible. Oh my I, god, that's so I have funny. Balance issues that continue when I get in the car. Balance issues, fuck man. I don't want you on the bridge when it's windy. Then yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking serious, man. Because, I know what you mean. Because I know like, exactly dude, what you mean. I'm 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 not. I felt with that. You. I like, dude. The the Richmond Bridge, especially, man. Like that's like. Dude, that it's like I've been on that bridge where it's been like hailing and it's like there's this like strong winds and I'm just thought like wow. man, Sally Tomatoes better be fucking bumping tonight because yeah. this is too much. What the fuck am I doing, Vic- Victor? You're literally on a span of bridge that was supposed to be up only for ten years. And it's been up for like forty or fifty fucking years, <laughs> and it's like it's like it's like I don't know teeter tottering, and I'm just like, am I doing like a tight rope act with my car? Like this is fucking scary. This is super scary. And of course, on the ride back, same thing. It was the same. Like like wow. it was just still swaying, and I'm just like, how the? F- this is a badass bridge. Like whoever built this bridge. Like you know, this extent the Richmond Bridge, like that, right? Like that was, I mean, like I said, it was a bridge that was supposed to only last for ten years, and it's been up for like fifty years or or something ridiculous like that. Like it should not be up right now. Exactly. Like I, that that bridge is. I hope I'm wrong, but like God, a temporary like, bridge. It was a temporary hey, bridge. Of, of, te- of temporary or not being, uh, you know, Sally Tomatoes is no more. Yeah, I found that out through Casey, and it was uh, it was it was messed up because I was supposed to headline a show there on the twenty seventh. He yeah. was like, "Oh, I could put you on the at, at Max," and mm-hmm. I was just uh, like, "Okay, cool, fuck it," you know, I'm 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 down. So I'm just like, I guess I'm gonna be up in the Bay or in the North Bay during the holidays doing the Casey run. Fantastic! Like, so you're gonna do three disciples as well. Yeah, and then the uh, other one, Furthermore Wines, which was a really good show last time I did it. Like, it was really fun and funny and just really, like, what, like, it, like I don't know. Like, it was, it was, I was, it was something I wasn't expecting. It, like, it just had, like, it was like a wine, it was like a wine bottle shop. And mm. so it was just, like, and it was, like, narrow and there was these like I don't know like sophisticated older looking white women there, oh, and, and I'm just like oh they're gonna hate me and they were laughing their asses off and I'm yes. just like fuck man this was a great crowd like everybody was great and like they were on board and it, it was just fun and funny and it was just like but it was like one of those like you know um it was it was one of those things where like the owner is like super cool and here's here's a bottle of wine to go home. And I was like, you know, it was like, oh. a, like I'm like, that's cool. Uh, I don't know if they, they wow. we got any free drinks there because like I was headlining. So I was like, I'm not going to drink before I go on stage, you know? So I'm just like, you know, um, I think I'm headlining that show again um, Dece- at the end of December, but like, I, that's beautiful. I need to do different material. So um, I don't know. Um, I've, I've done Casey's show, The Three Disciples, when um, lockdown was happening outside, and it predicted it was going to be like fifty-three degrees, and I was and I was headlining, and I'm just like, I feel like I'm going to cancel that show because Facebook says only four people are coming, and it's all comics. So I was just like, I almost canceled that show, and there was like like sixty people at that show. Yes, 
outside free everyone freezing their asses off one of the best shows i've ever done yeah and like it was just like definitely the best outside show i've ever done and it was like one of those things where like all the comics were dying except for me and one other comic like we were the only ones who did not die it was yeah. fucking fun and funny it was just like but dude it was freezing cold man and like even before the pandemic man like i did like a, a men's health expo like outside during the morning yeah. time with families, no okay. alcohol, like men's health expo. I'm like, hey, where's the where's the where's the booze? Like, yeah. you know, it's just like if you didn't bring any and you don't have any in your car, there's no booze. This is a family event. This is a men's health expo. I'm like, I don't know. How I got booked on this. I don't know how other people got booked on this who are not looking like they're gonna, you know, survive another five years because of their alcohol and drug problems but you know when they need comics they get comics you know and i don't think there's uh and that's so funny what's your advice for new comics uh don't uh but uh <laughs> yeah no that is some solid advice it's it's hard and it, it, it sucks because like you know it's once you get to the next level you know you want to get to the next level then you want to get to that next level and then you want to get to that next level it's just never ending it's so funny right, but people people don't it's not what people think it is. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, people think that comedy is one thing, and it's not. I've, I've had people say, "Oh, if you ain't funny to me, you ain't gonna succeed," or "Oh, make me laugh," and, and like, no, motherfucker, it don't work like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. It, it doesn't. It, it, but it's not what people think it is. Like people think you can just get up and talk and that's what it is. No, it's not just, it's not that. You know, it's just so weird how people have no respect for it. They think that, uh, and, and they only respect you if you're famous. And then if you're famous, they come and just shout out your catchphrases. Do yeah. You, do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just really, really, I don't know. And also if, if if you're good looking, like, you know, like if you're like really like genuinely like skinny and good looking and white, like, you know, sometimes the audience is just like they'll eat up any of the shit that they say. I've oh, seen it. You say. I've and seen it. And I'm like not trying to sound matters. bitter, but I'm just like, yeah, I need to lose more weight. Like I, I lost 108 pounds and I'm still morbidly obese. Like I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to be moderately obese, you know. Oh, and, and so it's just like you know, like oh, trying yeah. to do everything that I can, but you know, you with the, I mean, I stopped eating past eight. You know how hard that is as a comedian, not oh, eating past that. eight. Like that means not drinking past eight, like alcohol, and you know, right. some, sometimes it's just like you have these like low paying gigs or gigs where you're gonna like you know break even with gas or whatever, and it's just like, and it's just like, well. I got a free meal and a free drink, you know, if you're lucky or just free drinks or whatever. And it's just like, it's hard to say no. And like, what are you going to do? Get a Diet Coke? You know what right. I mean? It's just like, no, right. man, you want to get like a mojito or like yeah. a, a margarita or like a tequila or I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just naming all these Latino drinks, you know, just, just, just for the culture. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. I mean, I'm just, just naming out drinks that I think are like, I'm like, well, when I'm at a bar, I want to get drinks that I normally wouldn't drink. You know right. what I mean? Like that's, that's, I mean, I don't know if that's selfish or stupid, but it's just like, when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I try to get um food that my mom doesn't make i don't order the food that my mom makes and then, then you know 
compare it to my mom's food and be like, well, my mom's is better, you know? <laughs> it was messed up, though, because I told my mom that I spent $4 and I got this sope, which is like, you know, it's like a like an open-faced taco with like a really thick shell. And okay. I, and, and, and dude, it was like, uh, I had a chorizo. And I was like, mom, I paid like $3.75 for one. And it was almost as good as yours. And she's like, oh, then I should charge $4 for every one that I give you. And I was like, damn, <laughs> mom, what a hater. Hater. But yeah, man, like this, this is really awesome. I really think that um, the Bay Area owes you a huge thank you, you know, for being there and Man, especially Thursdays at the Brainwash, man. That was crazy, man. Crazy. Like, I, I mean, I remember sometimes it was like 70-something comics or more. Or yes. I, I don't, it, was really it was It was always mostly at least 50 comics there ready to perform. Oh, God. Um, and we and everything. And, like, the audience came in in shifts. It was all in shifts. We just... Just kept pumping and churning it out. And it got so popular, we had to do, like, give everybody just three minutes just to churn everybody through. I mean, everybody got three minutes. I mean, everybody. Even, like, like pro comics coming in. Like, it was, like, that was, like, the fairest system I've ever seen anywhere under any circumstance because... That was legitimately fair. I mean, there'd be some times where, like, you'd let it, like, not just you'd let, but, like, some comics would, like, do, like, 12 minutes or 15 minutes because they were just murdering the place. Murdering, yeah. murdering. And it's just, like, but, show, you know. But that was a place that it was really tough. No matter what, it was really kind of tough to do absolutely great in all the time. You you know what though it was so messed up because like I I did a weekend with John Witherspoon hosting for him all weekend and I told myself Victor you know you have zero ego you're going to the brainwash on Monday and you're doing all new jokes and that's it and that was the that was the Monday where it was all over Reddit where it was all over the internet that the brainwash is closed and it's just like no way and people like confirmed it that like they they went to the brainwash they saw that note they took a picture and put on bay area comedy network like i'm in front of the brainwash right now this is that is this is i can verify this is true yeah. and it was just like i swear to god it was like my heart got ripped out i was just like i i felt like i lost a i lost i, I lost like it, it was so fucked up everybody everybody was like yeah it was, it was a big blow it was a big blow to the community overall uh, you know, because it was the hub. It was the place where people went to to learn new things or to to to, to try out new stuff. It was it was and you know sometimes you would be at the brainwash and you would tell a joke and you would get a Twitter and you knew that that small laughter was going to be so huge when you went somewhere else. Yeah. You see? Uh, but it was it was the place to be, and the uh, and the food was good. The the wait staff was usually kind, except for those two bitches that you got into it with that were stealing, and got fired. I I got into it with one of those bitches, but yes. Um... Well, here's the thing that's kind of funny: these motherfuckers got fired via <laughs> uh, digit online, and he just called and said, "Don't ever come back." Like that, 
Wow. Whatever shit they left, fuck it. It's here. You don't come, don't even come get it. It's not yours anymore. Right. <laughs> like, fuck you. Damn. Yeah, it's like you stole from me. Don't ever, ever come back. That's I'm glad he did it like that. But I it, 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 I thought I thought he already knew it kind of was so weird. And I was afraid to say anything. And then when they started blaming us, uh, uh, Anthony and I were showing them receipts. Look, this is what we did that night. You know, and they were like, oh, he was like, oh, okay. Wow. And he got mad at me because he said, you could have told me. I said, I thought you know. Wow. Yeah, that's that's shifting the blame and just, you know, like not taking their businesses. I don't I don't know, man. It, it just sucks how people point the finger. You know, it's just like when you're yeah. making them a bunch of money, it's just like it's like, hey, it's, you know, pat on the back. And then it's just like they're losing a lot of money. It's just like, hey, you're stealing from me. Right. It's like, no, it's just like, no, we're not stealing from you. These other people are. Right. But I, I don't know. I've, I felt like um, the comedy shows brought in a bunch of business. And I remember Ooh, it uh, did. I remember a lot of uh, comedians would be um, purchasing food and drink and all that food stuff. And drinks, and, and, yes. And it was just really a lot like, of audiences. And here's the one thing that people never really remember about the place. Dude, as many comics as we had, we had audience members. Dude, I can answer that. Very judgy humans in the audience watching. And they were really judgy. What sucked is that that room made me so much, so confident on stage. Like, like it was one of the first places where I was like, embrace the silence, embrace the silence. And, you know, don't be scared because sometimes people get scared of the silence when they're on stage. And it's just like, you got to get over that, you know, because sometimes it's funny for to be silent on stage, but you know, it really just depends on what's going on. But yeah, uh, we've been talking about uh, a lot of good stuff. And uh, I just want to ask uh, one final question for you, Mr. Tony Sparks. Uh, where could the good people at home find you? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Cool. All right. Right now, uh, the, the one place or the two places that I would really love for you to come and check me out is every Tuesday at Max 19 Broadway, Fairfax, California at eight o'clock. I really, really suggest more so than anything you come to that show. The other show is Wednesday, 7.30, the Av Bar in San Francisco at 1607 Ocean Avenue. That room is something you will not believe. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm going to be back in late December, and I think I have a Wednesday open. I'm going to go. Is it is it weekly or is it? Uh... It's a weekly, so please. Oh, wow. If you can't come, come on. Oh man, well yeah, man, definitely will, man. That sounds that sounds really awesome. That's super cool. And uh yeah, be sure to follow Tony on all social media. Be sure to follow Tony. He's 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 a great guy. He's super funny. Uh come out to his shows, uh whether he's hosting um 
on the lineup, headlining, whatever he's doing. Come come out, check out Tony. He's a really funny guy, and he's been a really strong mentor to a lot of comedians uh, from all levels, all levels, not just not just you know open micers that just started comedy, but also real comedians. And you know, it's just it's just so great to finally have you on the show because you, you've been a really great influence on me since the beginning. And so really, really like um, inspiring and just like 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 pushing me to like, you know, hey, this is, you know, like like do like you don't even say do better, but just, you know, pushing me to, you know, continue doing stand up and, you know, trying new things and just going out there and, you know, being persist, uh, being consistent and persistent with everything. So uh, thank you, Tony, for keeping it real all these years and keeping it real on Poppycock podcast. And thank you for doing my my podcast. I really appreciate it thank so much. You. And I really hope you have a great day and bless you for for your time. And um, check out Tony. Um, I'm going to link those um, those um, places on um, the description for this episode so everyone could come through. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also do your boy a favor. Tell your friends, tell your cool family members, tell your cool coworkers, let them know about the podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and be sure to follow me on all social media, Puro Papi Pacheco, and check out my website at hispanictitanic.com for future dates. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Have a great day.